Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things business growth, brain rewiring, and climbing from a holistic point of view. You can learn more about me and follow me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You'll also find freebies for building your business, brain rewiring, and training for climbing. I am so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I just got back from my one-week road trip across Minnesota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, back to Washington. So lots of driving time this last week and lots of climbing time. In one of the emails that I sent out, I said long drives and long routes, and that's absolutely what it was. I was a little bit nervous to go on a week-long sport climbing trip after taking a what felt like decent amount of time off of climbing routes. I was doing some here and there, but not as consistently as I would have liked to be able to get on these long 80, 90, 100 foot routes. So I really did not know how this trip was going to go in terms of performance or how I was going to feel if I was just going to be like really pumped the entire time. I definitely got pumped, but it was actually really good. It was a really good boost for my confidence. And when I actually went out climbing today at the local crag here in Spokane at Deep Creek, I was able to get a big high point on my project that I've been kind of working on. Um, I had previously written this off for next season. It's this beautiful route called Quiver. It's a 513C and totally felt like it was way above my pay grade. I was like, mm, I'll just like save that for next season. That sounds like really hard. Every time I would do the moves, I would get to one of the cruxes at the top and I just could not imagine linking any of those moves together and feeling relatively decent to finish the thing off. It just felt like really overwhelming and it felt like, you know, if I can't even get here with, you know, in one go and I'm just doing it like off the draw or I'm, you know, taking part of the way up and this is how it feels like, oh, is it ever going to feel good? And you know what? Today it felt good and it was a total surprise. So initially I was thinking about transitioning back to bouldering season right away because fall is like right around the corner. Leavenworth season's right around the corner. You know how much I absolutely love Leavenworth. If you've been listening to the podcast, if you haven't been there, go book your trip. I'm going to record a everything you need to know about Leavenworth podcast here pretty soon because it's my favorite place in the entire world. But kind of thinking about adding a little bit more sport climbing into the training that I'm doing and seeing if I can make some more progress or potentially send. So stay tuned on that. Um, that'll definitely be my first of the grade. It feels really hard and it'll be a very proud send if it ends up happening. And you know, if not this season, then next season and it's not going anywhere. It'll be there. So really excited to kind of feel in shape for climbing and feel like I have some endurance going right now. Definitely all of the longer routes that we we climbed in Spearfish in South Dakota and in Ten Sleep, Wyoming were really helpful. If you haven't been to Spearfish Canyon in South Dakota, holy moly, that place is freaking amazing. We went to the dark side wall and it was way cooler than I expected. I think, you know, I'd totally like written off the entire Midwest as not really having much climbing, but like, no, there's so much climbing. And if you haven't been, you need to go. It's perfect for hot summer days. That dark side wall stayed really cool and shady the entire time. I'm really sad that we didn't make it to any other walls and I definitely want to plan a dedicated trip back. I think one of the developers said that there was over a thousand routes there and I mean, yeah, that's enough to where you could take a couple of weeks and really spend some time. I thought the bolting was rather, it made me very thoughtful. 
and it definitely made me very aware of where I still have some work to do on my own mindset in terms of trusting myself, going for things. It was definitely a little bit more traveling. The routes traveled a little bit more left and right, kind of traversed around the bolts than I'm used to, but it was it was great. It was a really great experience. Would highly recommend. Ten Sleep was also really fun. I put one burn in on the project that I'd worked over the summer, Thug Agra. It's a 13A, and kind of surprised myself by getting to just one or two moves below where I had had my high point previously. So that felt really good as well. Decided not to give it another go because just endurance was feeling a little bit low and just kind of wanted to see where I was at and was happy with that. And sometimes, you know, like if you're happy with your performance, sometimes you, you leave it there. And even if that means you don't finish the route, that's okay. Again, it'll be there. Really excited to be back home now and stoked for today's episode. We're going to be doing a Q&A. So I asked what questions you had on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, you gotta do it. I share so much good stuff over there. I share a lot of my dog, Ollie, a lot of my adventures, trail running, climbing, a lot of recipes that you can make with some of the brands that I really love, Four Sigmatic, Organifi, Fizzy Vantage. That's the place to be. It's honestly like my favorite place in the social media realm and I think it's just a, such a fun way to connect with people. So if you're on there just send me a message let me know if you liked the episodes, what's resonating with you, what you have questions about. I'm always taking questions for podcast episodes. So today we're going to focus this a little bit more on climbing specific Q&A. I got so many good questions and I got a really good set of questions for business specific ones so I'll do another Q&A episode in the near future with those ones. So if you asked a business specific question don't worry I didn't forget about you. It's coming up. I just wanted to kind of separate these a little bit so that it kind of made sense category-wise. So the first question that we have today is, how do I push my comfort zone in climbing, mainly bouldering, and then dealing with the discomfort? So this is a great question. I used to have the worst mindset, like absolutely the worst. I was afraid of everything. The only time that I could actually like get up a route or a boulder, I swear, is if somebody either didn't think that I could do it and verbalized that to me or if I was like trying to prove myself and that's not great energy to be coming from and it's a lot easier if you know the motivation's coming from a place of like wow this line's really aesthetic I really want to do this just to feel accomplished I'm so excited about this I just feel really inspired so that was kind of like one of the first steps is realizing that where my motivation was coming from and kind of being able to switch that to a more internally motivated and not necessarily like that proving energy, proving somebody else wrong, whatever it is. So in order to really expand my comfort zone, like a lot of the times, you know, we look at things and we're like, wow, that happened so quick. But it, it doesn't a lot of the times. And for me, I am such a fan of baby steps. Like I <laughs> used to be such a scaredy cat on a rope and I still can be sometimes. Like if I perceive something to be scary, you better bet I'll be going up that thing seven, eight, nine times just to like figure out the micro beta so that I feel comfortable. And I will actually practice falls from different points and see, okay, if I did fall here potentially when I'm trying to red point this thing, like like, how's it going to go? How's it going to feel? I know this question is a little bit more bouldering specific, but I think it's helpful to talk about that in context as well. With bouldering, it's a little bit different for me because I have actually broken my ankle while climbing and, you know, I highly would not recommend that. But honestly, I'm really thankful for that as an experience because it taught me to be a lot more realistic about what I'm capable of, especially when I'm climbing alone. So, 
I definitely do really like climbing alone. It can be really therapeutic. It's so nice to just pick up your shit and go and move on and be able to kind of like do what you want when you want to do it. You know, a lot of climbing is really great because of the social aspect and I really love that part of it, but sometimes it's nice to just go do your own thing. It can also feel really empowering to climb by yourself as well. So for me, with pushing my limits, you know, I, I have a very good sense of what I can do and accomplish by myself because of that experience breaking my ankle. I totally was getting like overly confident. I was a little too cocky. I thought I could just handle things. And, you know, accidents happen all the time. So there might be a period of time where I, you know, again, I totally overshoot what I'm capable of or my foot slips or something's wet or the pads just aren't quite right. But with that, I really make sure that I'm trying to do things that are coming from a place. They're not coming from my ego. It's not, oh, I just want to send this for the video or I just want to do this thing to where I'm pushing, pushing, pushing to where it's actually unsafe. Because again, the rocks will be there. They're not going anywhere. So if you don't send it now, okay, great. Come back with a spotter. Come back when you feel more comfortable. Because honestly, nothing is worth you getting injured on something when you could just return back later with a spotter. So kind of keep that in the back of your mind as well. And it was a really slow process for me to get comfortable with pushing it by myself. I typically tend to pick more low ball boulders where the crux is not at the top when I'm by myself or things that, you know, in case I do the crux, I could still potentially jump off or I could down climb to where it's not like commit or get hurt type of thing. So being really selective about boulders as well, I think is super, super important, especially if you're climbing by yourself. So if you're climbing more with people in terms of pushing your comfort zone, again, baby steps, like you are not on a timeline. There is no, oh, you've arrived all like, and all of a sudden, like you don't feel fear or experience it anymore. Like all you can do really is change your relationship with the fear. So let's say for example, you're on a boulder and you get freaked out and you hop off and you just like, it's just in your mind. It's scary. You don't really want to do it. Like, ask yourself. We're trying to look at this very objectively. So taking your own personal opinion out of it. Is this a real danger? Is this real that I might get hurt here or that something bad could happen? Or is this perceived? Is this a perception of mine that I have that if X happens and Y is going to happen and then you start spiraling? Get really honest with yourself. Is it real or is it perceived? And from there, then you can start to move forward. And if you don't know, ask somebody. Ask somebody what they think is going to happen, preferably somebody with a little bit more experience and somebody that kind of knows, maybe somebody that's like been through it before. You can voice your concerns as well. I really find that a lot of the times just saying, hey, I'm afraid of this happening. Like people want to help you out. They want, they want to be a team. They want you to feel safe. And in order for us to push our boundaries, we do have to feel safe. We have to feel like we're supported by other people. We have to feel like they're paying attention to us. So if you need to have a conversation about spotting, if you need to move the pads, if you need to ask somebody if, okay, if I fall here, am I going to hit this pad? One of the things that I really like doing is looking at fall trajectories on boulders. So looking, okay, if I go to this move and my hand is still down here and maybe I barn door off because that's kind of the movement, 
Am I going to land on the pads? Do we need to come back with more pads later? Do I need to put something like an organic blubber over all of this to fill some of the gaps and cracks? Side note, if you don't have the organic blubber, holy moly, that is a game-changing pad. I have two of them. Like, I might even buy a third. They're that useful. I wish I would have had one of these <laughs> back, back in the day when I was just trying to boulder over, you know, tons of different size pads and just trying to, like, puzzle piece them all together. This does such a great job of filling in all the gaps and cracks. So, highly recommend that. I mean, that in and of itself absolutely allows me to push my boundaries with bouldering and to know that like, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna twist an ankle because I'm landing in between the two pads. So also understand that discomfort is something that we can change. Going back to the is it real or is it perceived, you can keep a journal. I find that to be really helpful, especially if you have a specific one for climbing. So it can be kind of like a beta journal. You can write down some of your feelings in there. You can start to detangle, is this a real or perceived fear? What do I need to do differently or bring differently for next time? How can I start to move through this? And you can potentially start to move the needle with your discomfort to where slowly you don't feel as uncomfortable. So I'm going to talk a little bit about highballs here because I think that's kind of a special category. I used to be super into highballs and I'm not as much anymore. I just like honestly after breaking my ankle I'm like not that into not walking anymore. It, it was such a pain in the ass to stay off of my feet for three months and really be able to do that rehab process and it was you know a really eye-opening experience but certainly not looking to go back there again and I'm not saying all highballs are dangerous but the types of ones that I tend to be really attracted to tend to be hard and tall. So I know for myself like I better you know be able to practice that on a top rope first or be able to like build an anchor and then be able to like practice the moves and be really confident and kind of going back to what I said about sport climbing and micro like getting all the micro beta for the moves like that is where I would have to be in order to feel comfortable doing something like that I make sure that I'm not acting rashly or just based out of my ego just to do it and sometimes it can be really hard if you're you know with a group of people that you know, maybe it doesn't feel like a big deal to them, but it feels like a big deal to you. Don't ever feel like you are rushed or pressured to do things. There will always be another time to come back. This is abundance mindset. There will always be another day. There will always be another opportunity for you to come back. Always. Okay, hopefully that answered that one. That was a really fun question. And I mean, honestly, like the, the short answer is like, you just do it slowly. You do it in a way that feels sustainable, in a way that you can be consistent about. Because if we try to make huge leaps ahead and try to just force ourselves to do things that we are not comfortable with, that's not sustainable. And it's probably just going to reinforce that fear even more. If you've been watching my Instagram stories, you've probably seen me talk about Organifi and one of the products that I am the most obsessed with because uh, chocolate. Yep, chocolate is probably one of my favorite things, hands down, besides sweet potatoes. So until they come out with like a sweet potato flavored drink, we're going to be drinking the chocolate one. This product is chocolate gold from Organifi and I have a cup of this 
every single night. Like it is seriously the perfect nightcap without having any alcohol in it. It is absolutely wonderful. It is very calming. It has magnesium in it. It has reishi mushroom, which is also really great for relaxation. It has turmeric in there. That's where that gold part comes in. This is my all-time favorite beverage. Like seriously, I probably crave this like 99% of the day and I'm just like waiting until night to have it because it does make me a little bit more relaxed in the middle of the day than I want to be. I like to stay pretty high energy. I have a lot of things to record, a lot of clients to talk to, so I don't definitely wait until the end of the day to have this. So for me, this gold Organifi has been such a game changer because it is part of my routine now. Like it signals to my body that like, hey, it's time to wind down. It's time to relax. I've been having a Harry Potter marathon lately. So this just feels like the ultimate inner child, like tastes like hot chocolate, being able to watch Harry Potter, like it's just been a really fun experience for me. The taste of it is like a grown-up's hot chocolate. Like it's really good. It's very low sugar. There's only one gram per serving. It's sweetened with monk fruit. There's a little bit of coconut sugar in there as well. And it has that deep chocolate taste that I absolutely love. There's a ton of other superfood ingredients in there. I mentioned the mushrooms. There's also turkey tail mushroom and there is lemon balm and ginger powder in there as well. I absolutely adore it. I know that if you try it, you're going to love it as well. If you want to try out any of Organifi's products, they also have an amazing green juice with tons of green powders in it. They have a red juice that's kind of like a caffeine-free energy boost for midday. They have Harmony, which is my other absolute favorite chocolate product that they have. Harmony is more for balancing your hormones. I switch back and forth between the chocolate gold and the Harmony very frequently. I have a subscription to the chocolate gold so that I get it just delivered to my doorstep every month. I don't have to worry about running out of it. Um, it's, it's not a good time when I run out. Like, I want to make sure that I always have this on hand and in stock. I love it that much. If you want to try out any of these products, you can use the code LADYBETA at checkout for 15% off, and that's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, and use the code LADYBETA for 15% off. If you order th anything, be sure to tag me in your Instagram stories. I would absolutely love, love, love to know what you think of these. I was so, so, so excited to be able to be a part of Organifi's affiliate program because I already use and love these products so, so much, and having a discount code, I think for me, just makes it that much easier to want to be able to try these things that I've heard so much about and I was absolutely not disappointed. So can't wait to hear what you think about this if you try it out. So next question. This one's great. How to take care of your feet. So feet are still recuperating a week after a climbing trip. So I believe this was a sport climbing trip. And this is actually something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I'm like looking at my feet and I just turned 30 in May and I'm like, oh my God, like I want to keep my feet looking good. You know, I don't want to start having them deteriorate and look pretty like gnarly far before they need to. So I've actually been using the Rhino Repair on like my toes 
and I've done a lot of activities this summer. So hiking to the crag, you know, bouldering, running, there's just so many different things. I'm just always on my feet. So making sure that I am taking the time um, almost nightly to either put the Rhino Repair or even the J Tree Salve on them if they're a little bit more beat up. And another really big thing too is making sure that if your feet are like, if they're hurting, if you have blisters, like do not wear wet socks. Like bring multiple pairs of socks if you need to because the way that we get blisters and the way that those forms are if we have wet socks and then either tight or uncomfortable shoes or if there's rubbing or friction of any kind. So for me, like I always, always, always wear socks with my approach shoes. And I know it sounds really basic, but like I'll watch like my boyfriend or other people, they're just like, eh, whatever, like too much work, not gonna put the socks on. And I'm like, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta wear the socks. So I would say that that's really important. I also make sure that I am not wearing sandals. I'm not wearing Chacos or Birkenstocks out to the crag. I find that that really helps as well. And then just making sure that you know, if I am doing something like showering or taking a bath, like I'm not letting my feet soak for too long. It's kind of similar to your hand skin. Like if you were to go to like hot springs or go swimming in a pool and you're just like letting your skin soak in there, it's going to like peel and it's going to, it's going to be a lot more soft and the the chances that it's going to rip are a lot higher. So I would just kind of treat your feet like your hands and just, just pay a lot of attention to them. I mean, they they need love too. We we use our feet so, so much in climbing. And I, I often wonder, I'm like, wow, if we gave a little bit more love to our feet, like, would we be able to toe in better? Would we be able to climb harder? You know, maybe. I'm, I'm going to go with it. Why not? So next question is, I would be interested to hear about your experience with climbing-related injuries in general and then in terms terms of advice, what we should do while we are injured. So for example, I have a finger injury. What should I do to keep in shape? And then how do you keep your spirits up during the period where you can't climb? So this is a great question. And I alluded to a little bit of this in the first question that I answered, but my own personal experiences with climbing injuries is pretty vast. I've been injured a lot. Thankfully, I haven't been injured in about the last year, so I'm pretty happy about that. But I will say that when you're pushing your boundaries, like... I, I don't want to say like I want anyone to get injured, but it is a definite possibility. It's something that you almost have to come to terms with that like this could happen and it's not the end of the world. I promise you it's not. It might feel like it is, but every single time that either myself or one of my clients have been injured, they come back so much stronger. So one of the ways that I actually think about injuries is, wow, this is really giving me a chance and an opportunity to work on other things. Or wow, this is the universe telling me to slow my roll and maybe I just need to like sit my ass down for a little bit and not do as much. So it really is like if you start to think of injuries as opportunities rather than, I mean, yes, it's going to be a challenge, but it's not a roadblock. It's not the end all. It's not going to hinder your performance to where, you know, it's going to be like end your climbing career necessarily. So I would really just start to reframe it in your mind as that. And it is only as big of a deal as we make it. So I find that the number one thing that makes injuries worse is stress. And stressing out about the injury is going to feed into it. I've done quite a few episodes now with physical therapists, chiropractors, talking about climbing injuries, one with Dr. Natasha Barnes and then one with Dr. Amy Frugge. I would absolutely listen to those. They are highly skilled professionals. So if you have not yet got help for your injury, I would do that first and foremost. So have 
like confidence in the fact that like you have a plan to follow to help rehab your injury. And I would absolutely go to someone climbing specific because they're, they know our sport. They're going to be able to incorporate climbing specific exercises into what you're doing. And honestly, you're going to heal so much faster because of that. So really making sure that you are lowering stress in other parts of your life as well. So if you have job stress, relationship stress, you know, maybe you hate like your environment that you live in, try to reduce that. I know it sounds silly and it's one of those things that's like, oh, stress management, sure. But like, it, it makes such a big difference. It really, really does. And then from there, you're going to be able to shift your mindset into being thankful for the opportunity to do different things with your body. So I'm going to kind of recap. Generally, I, I'm going to try to remember them all, but the injuries that I've had. Um, so I have, yeah, I have a fair amount of experience with injuries. Thankfully, nothing that has been like too incredibly serious. I've been able to recover and get much, much stronger after every single injury that I've had. The first injury that I had is actually tore my serratus anterior. So that is, it's kind of on the side of your body, um, protecting your ribs as part of your core. And I tore that because at the time I was drastically under eating. I was over exercising. I was trying to train for a triathlon. I was climbing at the same time. I was in college. I was stressed the fuck out. I wasn't eating. I wasn't fueling. And my body was like, no more. You're not doing this. I actually had to take quite a few months off of climbing. This was about 10-ish years ago. So not a lot of like climbing specific rehab back then. Um, I think I would have been able to not take time off climbing if that would have happened now, but it was such a bummer. And it was, I mean, it was a big fucking wake up call for me that I needed to do things differently. I am really thankful for that injury because I probably would have kept on that path under eating, over exercising, just trashing my body for what, you know, I was barely getting any better at climbing and I was so tired all the time. So that's kind of the first injury. And second one that I had is... I believe a couple finger injuries here and there. Um, I've popped some pulleys and, you know, those definitely suck at the time. And I don't think I'll ever get that noise out of my head. I think I've popped at least three on both hands, just doing various things. But kind of one of the common threads around that is they definitely happened when I was under like when I didn't sleep enough so I sleep deprived and trying to like climb hard and push it and then I didn't warm up properly so kind of like a cautionary tale there and after that I broke my ankle and bishop bouldering by myself um this story is like a little funny to me (laughs) when I tell it sometimes because I didn't fall off of a boulder I actually chose not to top this boulder out um it was a boulder that I'd done before it's called sheep herder I believe it's either a v2 or a v3 in bishop and if you've been to bishop you know all the boulders out there are real big. So I was by myself, I was trying to make the smart decision and I was like, oh, well, I don't have a spotter. I'm going to down climb. It was kind of just one of those incidents where it just like everything happened and all at once. And I down climbed to where I thought it was enough off of the boulder and I jumped off and instantly broke my ankle and actually drove myself to the hospital there in Bishop. And they couldn't reset it. Um, kind of like the position that it was in, they couldn't do it without me being under. So I actually had surgery on that. I'm really thankful not to have any screws or pins or metal in my ankle because of that. They were able to just set it in the surgery. I was good to go, recovered for a while. And during that time, 
time when I was on crutches, I, <laughs> can you, can you see a history here? But I was like, I'm going to go balls to the walls. I'm going to train. I'm going to just do a bunch of upper body stuff. And I actually ended up tearing the labrum in my shoulder on my left side. And that was really such a bummer because not only did I have a lower body injury, but I also had an upper body injury. And I really, you know, I was very upset with it at the time. And it really, was one of those things where I was like, poor me, like victim mindset all the way. Why me? Why did this happen? You know, kind of like losing my shit because I didn't feel like I could do anything. I was in a boot. I was on crutches and I was like, wow, okay, well, um, this is fun. I was living at my parents' house at the time while I was trying to get better. I didn't have a job. So it was really just a lot of like, wow, okay, now, now what, now what can I do? And it was really just the bare minimum. I could do some core exercises. You know, my boot added a little bit of extra weight. So that was like kind of a fun challenge, but I definitely got tired of that. I was also doing a lot of physical therapy exercises for my shoulder, and it took me quite a while to get my shoulder issues figured out. I really advocated for myself because it kind of felt like nobody believed how badly it hurt. Like, I would lay in bed at night, and it would just burn, and it was awful. I couldn't sleep and it hurt all the time. So I actually ended up pushing for an MRI and they were able to see that it was a stage three tear. So I could have been a candidate for surgery, but I really didn't want to have that happen. I'd heard a couple like horror stories about it and just really wanted to avoid the surgical route altogether. So I went to a really amazing physical therapist when I was living down in Austin and I also got a cortisone shot at the same time. And that, oh my God, like you know, this is not medical advice whatsoever. And it like, that was the thing I think that allowed the inflammation to calm down enough to where the physical therapy was actually effective. So highly recommend if you're experiencing something similar, talking with your doctor about that and seeing if that's a direction that you could go. Um, shoulder injuries are pretty heinous. They are not fun. Mine flares up every once in a while, but I have physical therapy exercises that I know to do and it always makes it feel better. So I'm thankful for that and for that knowledge. And then my most recent injury was I actually ruptured my pinky pulley um, about a year ago. And since then, it's been totally fine. I've been injury-free. I'm sure something else will pop up in the future. But yeah, I mean, I've definitely experienced my fair share of injuries. They're never fun. But my last injury, the the pinky injury, I when it happened, I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I can, I could definitely stand to focus on some other things. And I'm grateful for this opportunity to do other things with my body to focus on things like three finger hangs, which holy moly are freaking hard and got me super strong. And I was also able to focus on things like slopers, things that I'm not naturally good at. I, I don't really need to practice crimping anymore. I think we're good. We got that. So I was able to do other things. And I got so much stronger after that than I'd ever imagined. I feel super confident on three-fingered holds just because for the longest time I climbed with nine fingers and I just like dropped the pinky and left it out. And, you know, it's definitely difficult. I think for me, the most difficult part of being injured is not necessarily during like the, the heavy injury period itself or even when it happens. The hard part is when you start to reintegrate back into trying hard and trusting that body part, that's freaking hard for me because after a period of time, I get impatient and I just want to like be back to where I was before. So it really is all about like, how can you continue improving your mindset and telling yourself like, this is where I'm at right now. I'm meeting myself where I'm at. This is where I need to be. It's baby steps. We don't want to push it any further. We don't want to re-injure it. Like, 
it's not, it's not permanent, you know? And a lot of the times I think people get super freaked out with injuries because they think they're never going to be back to where they were. And it's, it's just not true. Like if you think that way, of course you're not going to, like you have to give yourself the opportunity to get even stronger than you were before. Like it's, it's kind of the same thing that I tell all of my brain rewiring clients. It's this didn't happen to you. It happened for you. What's the for? Why did this happen for you? Was it to actually get you to slow down and to take more rest? Was it to get you to pay attention to your body? Was it to get you to work on your weaknesses and to incorporate some other things? Was it to get you to take a break and reevaluate your relationship with this sport? There's so many different things in here. And, you know, again, getting injured is never fun. And it, it breaks my heart when people are injured and it's it's really affecting them. But I, I really do think that there are so many different things that we can do when we're injured. There's always something else that you can train. There's always something else that you can do. And this is why it's super important to work with either a coach or trainer or your physical therapist or chiropractor to get you a plan that you feel confident about, one that incorporates and mimics climbing as much as possible. Your exercises should be as specific to the sport as they can be so that you can keep improving your climbing without actual climbing if that's something that you're you're not able to do with your injury. So as far as keeping in shape, like your number one priority when you're injured is to heal your body. So kind of, and that's why I gave the example too of like, you know, I broke my ankle and then just literally like less than two weeks later ended up tearing the labrum in my shoulder is like my body was like really focused on trying to heal a broken ankle and I was like just pushing it full speed ahead and my body was like oh certainly not like we don't have energy to put into all of these different areas we're literally just trying to do this one thing so I would say with that like focus on healing the other things will fall into place there will always be another time that you can do things like let your body like healing takes energy if you're expending all of your energy doing other things then your body's not going to have the energy that it needs to heal your body so a lot of this is a lesson in taking a step back really making sure that you are taking care of yourself asking you know like why why did this happen for me what am I supposed to learn what am I supposed to do what action steps can I take forward from this Hopefully you enjoyed this Q&A session. These were really great questions for today. If you ever have a question, you can go to the podcast page on my website, ladybetacoaching.com and submit your question, especially if it's something that you want answered in longer form. That's a really good format for you to submit questions in. Some other updates for me that I didn't do in the beginning because I was so excited to dive into this and give you a little trip recap is Synergy coming back as a self-paced course here very, very soon. I'm so excited for this. So if you missed out on brain rewiring in the group format, don't worry. It's coming back and I'm doing a very special beta testing round for this first unofficial launch. It'll go out to just a couple of people. So if you're interested in this, make sure you tell me one way or another on Instagram, via email, get a hold of me some way to let me know like, hey, I definitely want to be part of this testing round. This will be at a reduced price point because I want to make sure that this program is as effective as it can be in the self-paced format. I actually met with somebody that audits courses and she gave me a ton of great feedback on this. I'm so excited to implement the change 
challenges that she suggested. This is going to be such a kick-ass program in the self-paced format. You can go at your own pace, your own speed, really take the learning into your own hands, and you can do it in the comfort of your own home. I'm so excited. I mean, this is, let's be real, this is why this is why I wanted to work for myself. I wanted more time, more freedom to be able to work from home wherever I wanted to. I don't want to show up anywhere on a schedule. So again, if you missed out on Synergy and Brain Rewiring in the group program format, don't worry, it's coming back and I'm so excited. This will be officially launching probably towards the end of 2021, if not early 2022. So if you want in on this beta testing round that'll come out in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully the end of September, if not early October, make sure you let me know because these limited amount of people will get access to this course first so that I can get a ton of feedback on it. Make sure that it's as transformational as it absolutely can be. And then we will go from there. I'm so excited. Get a hold of me if this is something that you're interested in. If you feel really called to implement brain rewiring, you can use this from everything from improving your climbing performance, improving your relationships, improving yourself self-confidence, your self-worth. Every single aspect of your life can be improved by brain rewiring. It's, it's, it's absolutely changed my life. Like, hands down, without a doubt, this is something that I think every single person should do. I truly, truly believe that if more people were brain rewiring, the world would be a better place. No doubts about it. So, if you have not yet left a rating and review for the show, you probably know what I'm going to ask. Pretty, pretty please, would you go leave a rating and a review? I absolutely love getting these. It makes my day and it helps other people learn about the show as well. It lets me know what you're loving, what you want to learn more about, what directions you want me to go for the show as well. So if you haven't taken the time to do it, it's super quick. I promise it won't take very much time out of your day and you'll really be supporting me, a small business owner, in a way that costs nothing to you. It helps keep the show going. It helps keep me super psyched and bringing you information that you can't wait to learn more about. It's a win-win-win, as Michael Scott would say. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, and I will talk to you next episode. Mm -hmm.